Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Make It a Great Day, the power of positivity. Ryan Lee coming to you live and direct. And as we mentioned, you're going to have a few opportunities to hear me, but most importantly, you're going to have another great opportunity to hear from an incredible leader and a team member that I get a chance to talk with, a great friend, an incredible leader. And before I even talk about the leadership, what she and her family do in our community here in Greater Lane County is beyond reproach. And uh, Miss Katie Jeremiah, who is the CEO of Aggregate Resources, is here with us live. Katie, how are you? I'm great, Ryan. Thank you. How are you? I'm having a great day. And as always, so, so thankful that you were willing to give us some time and talk a little bit about kind of what's going on in that world. But before we start that, for those of us that don't know about Aggregate Resource and kind of who you guys are and what you do, if you don't mind just kind of giving a quick little high level about your business. And I'd also love to know why that business for you today. Sure. So Aggregate Resource Industries is a second generation family business. It was started by my dad in 1978 and we're a mining services contractor. We perform drilling, blasting, and crushing in uh, mines, renewable energy projects, quarries, development projects throughout the Western United States. And then we have six quarries here in Oregon that we operate and sell aggregate materials for construction and transportation projects. And so this business, my path to getting in it, I uh, initially started as a little girl and would go to work with dad. And he gave me the title of sanitation engineer, which meant that I picked up garbage on all the job sites and I washed the big trucks on the weekends. And fast forward through uh, college, went to Oregon State in engineering and moved to San Diego and worked for a large general contractor down there for five years as an engineer and moved back to Portland to go to law school and practice mining and construction law for several years before I moved back in to the family business in 2013. And my brother Chris and I and our mom all work side by side and have expanded the business uh, since then. And, um, and it's been, been awesome. That is awesome. That is unbelievable story and obviously great lineage um, from the 70s till now. Um, you know, one of the things I think a lot of our listeners and we've talked a lot about is obviously come early March. And as you talk about what you do and um, from my background of being blessed to know your business, I know that's a very people business. And a lot of what happens there is on the job. And, um, you know, it, it requires people to be there and to show up. And so I'd love to understand some of the first things that you guys started to do when you kind of realized things are changing a little bit and we need to maybe potentially reevaluate kind of where we put people and how we put people based on some of the regs and regulations that were coming out um, from the state and obviously from the CDC. Sure. So uh, our story kind of started back in January. I was flying back from Boston and noticed several people were wearing masks and I didn't really understand what was going on and started to kind of hear whisperings of a flu that was going around in China. And it was a, it was a time when I thought, oh, this would never happen to us. And then the first week in March, when YPO shut down the Global Edge Conference, I realized that this is something that's becoming really serious and will absolutely have an impact on our business because we do have a pretty large geographic footprint. And so we started to kind of analyze what would happen if uh, our employees were unable to travel. And uh, by, I guess it was March 16th, things had really shut down and we had employees that were scared, uh, not only whether they were going to have work, uh, but how they were supposed to travel, where they were supposed to find food, because a lot of times they're in rural communities, uh, whether their hotel rooms were safe. And so one of the big challenges was really keeping them 
uh, abreast of what we were doing to make sure that they were safe and that they had a safe place to stay and safe places to eat um, and that they were going to have work in front of them, that they weren't going to have to be unemployed. And so one of the challenges was getting that rapid fire communication out to them while we were really trying to analyze the government impact on our business. And one of the, the first factors that was really challenging was determining whether we were deemed an essential business. Because in some states, if we were construction, we weren't an essential business. If we qualified as manufacturing, we were. And so through our analysis, uh, we became pretty confident in the fact that we were a manufacturing business, uh, and which made us essential uh, under, the, under the federal government rules. Uh, and so we basically gave our employees that confidence that we were ahead of the regulations. We provided them authority to work letters that we had available for them on their mobile app if anyone asked. And it just gave them that confidence that we were ahead of the regulations and pretty much all of our communication that we had ended up, you know, a day later, what we said that we anticipated the governor would do in certain states um, was exactly what happened. And so we started building that early confidence that we were, um, that we were paying attention to things, that we were respectful and compliant with the rules and we were going to keep them safe and keep them working. Awesome. And how did that kind of work too from, obviously, I know you guys do a lot of partnerships and a lot of times when you're on the site, um, there's other contractors that are on there and just overall, just kind of those relationships um, with uh, your partners. Kind of how, how did that work? And I know you guys work in multiple states, so there's a lot of partners. Um, so I'd be curious kind of how that communication worked. Sure. So uh, one of the things that was kind of challenging, especially in Washington, is that we had certain uh, partners of ours that decided for business reasons, whether they were public, publicly traded and it was shareholder optics or whether it was concerns of employer liability, although they were allowed to work under the law, they elected to shut down or uh, greatly reduce the work that we were doing. And so that was really challenging for us at first because we wanted to work. We were prepared. We were ready to go. We had our employees uh, stocked up with the supplies that they needed. We had our checklists developed through a mobile app that basically the night that the regulations came out, we could put those questions on the checklist, whether it was temperatures or having masks or, you know, what the rules were when they were on and off the job site. Um, and so convincing those customers to keep working, uh, obviously it's, it's, it's hard to tell your customers what to do. Um, but the ones that did want to continue working and just didn't understand the rules, it was nice for us to help kind of hold their hand and guide them through that of what they could do. Uh, when some of the other larger customers that elected to stop working, uh, when they made those decisions, we realized that we really needed to expand our geographic footprint and look for other work. And we saw a lot of parallels to the 2008 recession um, when everything began to shut down, that there were new emerging markets of you know, gold prices were skyrocketing. And so the gold mines were firing up. They needed our services. Um, we had some renewable energy projects that were on kind of mission critical schedules that wanted to get fired up uh, before certain deadlines and couldn't get contractors there because they had to quarantine employees for 14 days. We were able to fly employees down privately, get to those projects, quickly mobilize and just have our employees be willing to expand that geographic footprint when the local customers were starting to shut things down and really keep everybody working. And so um, we, it was one of those things where strategy drives your opportunity and we had the equipment and the personnel trained and ready to take on these kind of emerging market pro uh, projects. So we were doing the same type of work just in different markets and we basically just moved everybody farther away and did what we could to keep them safe and travel and we're able to keep moving, so. 
That's awesome. And as you talk about that, I know you guys as a business have been through lots of different things. Um, and I know you guys have such an incredible foundation. You know, what were some things that you definitely pulled from, whether it was the recession in 08 or other challenges that have come into the business that you kind of leaned into and said, you know what, I've kind of been here before. Um, I think we're going to be okay. Sure. So, so one of the things that was interesting that happened um, as far as leaning on people, we had a lot of fear of what our cash position was in case things slowed down to a screeching halt. We're a really capital intensive business. And if we have no cash coming in the door and we've got obligations to banks and everything else, uh, we, we got very scared of what that would look like. And so our first phone call was to our banker. And we said, you know, if this plays out the way that we have set ourselves up strategically for the last 10, 12 years, um, we actually want you to be a partner that's willing to back us for growth opportunities right now, uh, which I think that uh, he was surprised to get that phone call because the other phone calls he was getting that day were asked, people asking to have covenants waived and and things like that. And we just signed up on a very large refinance package. And so I think that they were concerned of, oh, are we going to default or what, what's going to happen? And uh, we said, no, we want to pull on your relationship to, to be our partner. And if we see growth opportunities, whether it's acquisition opportunities for land or equipment uh, or large projects that we may need additional financing for, we want to know that you have our back and you have additional lending capacity for us. And that was probably the most important phone call aside from communication with employees and making them feel safe, um, leveraging that banking relationship and leveraging our relationship with our CPA firms to just make sure that from a financial aspect that we were ready to take on new opportunities should they arise. Uh, those were probably the two uh, most important things to pull on. And unfortunately during that time, um, our CFO that we'd just hired and were getting onboarded for all of this um, quit right in the middle of it. And so uh, there was an even heavier reliance on the bank and CPAs to really help me because I was having to wear both hats and had a new baby in the NICU and uh, there was a lot going on. And so those strategic partnerships were so important at that time. You talk about Bo and you talk about life and, and there's collateral beauty in, in everything. And I, I heard you mention the mobile apps and some of the different things, you know, during this and through this, you know, what are some things that you guys have really pivoted to and leveraged um, that you think you probably will leverage moving forward um, that maybe you wouldn't have thought of if you weren't faced with so many unique circumstances? So the beauty of YPO and all of this, um, I, I guess that's the other uh, group that I should really mention was my number one in all of this is that the YPO resources have been absolutely incredible. Um, the call that you and uh, Ryan Beckley put together um, with the Small Business Administration to kind of coach people through what was coming up for financing opportunities with them uh, was very helpful. And then uh, through the YPO Harvard program, a professor there called Boris Groisberg has been issuing frequent updates of his suggestions on how to best uh, manage your business through this pandemic. And one of the biggest um, influential articles that he provided talked about the need in this pandemic with the, with the remoteness of employees and the, the fear that they have that you needed to pivot your communication from uh, infrequent and formal communication to frequent touches and very informal and so we really pivoted our communication style with employees into little sound bites. And we started a private Facebook page that was employees only, 
where we could really showcase all of the additional work that we were taking on to continue to build that confidence that we were strong and that they had opportunities that we weren't going to anticipate any layoffs. Um, and so that um, piece of wisdom from Professor Groisberg was absolutely instrumental in uh, surmounting the issues that we had with employees that didn't have confidence that, um, that they were going to be okay and going to have job security through the pandemic. And as you think about that private Facebook page and you think about leveraging kind of a little bit more, less formal and a little bit more, I would say sporadic, so to speak, right? Um, could you see yourself continue to leverage that even through the pandemic in the way in which you shifted that communication style? Absolutely. We've seen such a better impact. The first email that we sent out, uh, it was very long and basically described everything that we anticipated was going to happen from a regulatory standpoint, from a customer standpoint, what our expectations were. And in that email, we put something in there that said, you know, we feel very strong about our position in this and that we feel like that this is going to be a growth opportunity for our business. And what we learned is employees scan emails and they read the last lines and nothing else. And the takeaway from it was that everyone was going to be laid off, which was absolutely the, the opposite of what the intention of that message was. And my lesson in that was that that was a failure in communication that we should have never sent so much email in one message. And so now that we have just little tiny sound bites, especially with a lot of positivity throughout the day, uh, where I would not ordinarily um, uh, share that information in a public forum on a public Facebook or a public Instagram. We can just share so much more with them about what's going on in the company. And there's been such great feedback for it. And it's so low maintenance that I, I anticipate we'll be using that forever going forward. And obviously you have gone through a lot and you've learned a lot through this and we know we've got so many other people that in some cases some people's businesses are just beginning you know if they weren't affected and, and now they're affected as you think back even though it's not fully done but um, you know if you were to kind of share some of Katie J's wisdom on kind of you know what to think about and what to go through as a leader when you are faced with these things what are some things that you think you want to share with others about this so I think um, relationships are everything. Uh, I think that it was so important to not do this on my own. And so I think having relationships like uh, people with YPO, um, having relationships with your bankers, with your insurance companies, reaching out to friends and business to just see what everybody else is doing, um, not isolating yourself and thinking that you have to have all the answers uh, has been probably one of the most important things. Um, keep your cellar stocked with good wine. <laughs> That's probably one of, one of the, uh, the survival tips that I've had through this. Um, and uh, just the importance of being resilient, like that it's okay. Some things are going to fail and, uh, and, and your employees don't expect perfect. They just expect you to be, um, to, to be honest and to care about them and, and their well-being. Which is so true. I think, I think people forget as leaders um, that people don't expect us to be heroes. They expect us to be human. Mm -hmm. And humanity really comes from sometimes we don't know the answer. And sometimes we're okay saying that. And I think that builds trust and that builds resilience um, in them and you. And I think listening to what you guys talked about with that private page and sharing that and being just, Hey, 
this is where we are. You know, there's, there's, there's no question here. We're going to make sure we're going to support you, but we're also going to tell you kind of where we are. As you kind of look to the future, and I know you kind of shared a few bright spots, and that's one of the things I love about um, how you run your business. And, you know, even I remember coming out of 0809, um, you guys made some huge inroads that uh, have lasted a long time. Um, do you see some of those emerging markets and some of those opportunities changing your business moving forward? Absolutely. For right now, and again, everything is um, in, in our world is somewhat commodities driven. So we know that uh, right now the gold mines are a huge opportunity for us. And we are one of the few contractors in our line of work that can support the volume of work that those mines need. Um, but we also know that gold prices uh, rise and fall. And as soon as they fall, we'll be invited to leave. So we're constantly having to look out to what the next emerging market is. Um, the uh, political uh, environment really impacts whether renewable energy is uh, is a market for us. And so we're just constantly having to look and pivot and make sure that we've got the equipment that can support whatever the next emerging market is. So for right now, um, the gold market appears to be strong. We anticipate this uh, contract that we have right now um, where we have five machines down on a gold mine in, in Nevada, that that should probably last for about 18 months, which when our contracts are typically a week to three weeks at a time as a, as a typical job, um, that, that's a really huge opportunity for us uh, that we're, we're happy to be a part of. That is awesome. Well, again, I think um, your leadership and obviously, as you mentioned, Chris and your mom, I know um, just you guys as humans, I think are what pulls your business together. And I commend you for, um, like you said, reading that email, sending that, because I think that's what we all do, right? We want to make sure we get all that information out there. We've covered everything. Um, but sometimes we forget that people don't always read that the same way in which we intend it. And so going into that and then finding emerging markets is huge. Um, the last thing, which you know I, I love, is quotes. Um, and I always start all these off, and I know you, you shared one, but I'd, I'd love to hear that quote that's important to you and, and why that is. Uh, so I had to, um, I say that my employees all know this one, bad news does not get better with time. Um, there, there are some problems that solve themselves with time, but uh, especially in this day and age, uh, rapid fire communication of any roadblocks is so important. And so I just drill that into everyone of, you're not expected to be able to solve all the problems that you have on your plate. That's why we have a team. That's why we have methods to communicate in a, in a group format. Um, so bad, bad news never gets better with time. Um, and then uh, I think I said this earlier, but the strategy driving your opportunity that if you set yourselves up, uh, that's one of the best things that we did is we invested in equipment that may not have been exactly suited for the markets that we served for the last 10 years. But these opportunities like we have in the gold mines right now, we would not be able to get in there. And you know, they, it, literally the opportunity arose overnight um, from a Friday to a Monday that they needed us there. And um, that you, we wouldn't have had that had we not strategically positioned ourselves to be qualified to do that type of work. So. Well, that is awesome. And Katie, I would say we both know one resource we never get back is time. And I yes. can't thank you enough. Uh, for sharing your time with us. And I think the insights and the information that you've shared with all of us um, will be very meaningful and help a lot of people. So thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day. Thank you, Ryan. Absolute pleasure.